Proverbs, Proverbs 18. Proverbs chapter 18. By the way, we are working on having some more special speakers this year. We've got Bill Grady for our anniversary Sunday and then for meetings after, afterwards. We've got in April, uh, I believe it's on the announcement sheet, we've got in April, we've got uh, Brother Mills, who we uh, support as a missionary. He works with Help Ministries. And uh, he will be coming with a national pastor. He had, a, had one, I believe, from Africa that he was planning on bringing, but because of COVID and everything, we weren't able to do that. But he's got one that's a national pastor in Mexico. This guy has started, when he was working with his dad, he started 15 churches in 15 years. And, and they're, they're, they're going today. Uh, and then uh, since then, I think it was four more after that. <clears throat> and uh, he'll, be, he'll be with him that night. I believe he'll have him preach, if I'm not mistaken. I know that was the case uh, with the other preachers, so we'll see when they get here. But, uh, but I look forward to that. That'll be on a Sunday night. I'm not exactly sure what the date was now, but uh, you check on your announcement sheet and you'll see it. All right, let's all stand together, if you would. And let's read... Chapter 18 and verse 14, together out loud in unison. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Let's read together. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. One more time. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Let's bow for prayer. Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the way it comforts us. We thank you for the way it guides us, directs us, reveals truth. And Lord, how it chastens us and corrects us and gives us instruction in righteousness. We ask God that you would help us to take a look at a subject this morning that is very, very important because it can make all the difference between a Christian that is used of, of you and one who is not. We pray, Father, that you would well, work in our hearts. May you have your will and your way uh, by, with both speaker and hearer alike. Father, we just pray that you would be honored, you would be glorified, you would be lifted up in all things today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the it, it starts with a the verse starts with a with a statement and then it ends with a question and the statement is the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity in other words if he's got the right spirit uh, no matter what he goes through no matter what difficulty is there um, his his spirit his human spirit can can uh, can get him through but. Then he asks the question, he says, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? And the answer is, is implied. And the implied answer is nobody can. A wounded spirit is, uh, is tough. Um, when people get their spirits wounded, uh, it, it, can, it can change their demeanor. It can change their countenance for sure. Um, and it, it can really have a, a real difference in their life. And the, this is important on two sides. 
it's important obviously to those who are allowing somebody or something to wound their spirit but then secondly it's also important to those of us who who might be the cause of the wounded spirit um, you don't want to have one and you don't you know you don't want to be wounded and you don't want to be a wounder you don't want to be either one of them um, there are some red flags that indicate that a person might have a, a wounded spirit. Anger is an indication of that. Uh, just pent up frustration and uh, unresolved things in that person's life. Uh, bitterness, unforgiveness, a sarcastic uh, attitude. And you know, as New Yorkers, we're known for our sarcasm, but we need to be careful because sometimes that's a wounded spirit that's just kind of leaking out and it sounds like humor, but maybe it's not totally humorous. And then, then the, the, fifth, the fifth red flag is a negativity, just a negative spirit. And then apathy, even apathy, where people just don't care anymore. And all those things can, can uh, uh, be indications of the fact that, that there is a wounded spirit within. You know, the Bible says that, that uh, we're supposed to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning uh, and, and you know Christ is your Savior, you've been given a job, and that's, that's to be a soldier for Him and to please Him and to honor Him. But what kind of, a, what kind of an army would you like to fight in? Would you like to fight in an army that uh, has uh, a bunch of... of uh, People that are, are soldiers who are armed and ready and strong and uh, uh, willing to fight? Or would you want to fight with a bunch of folks that are wounded? Well, I don't want to be in the wounded army. I want to be in the, I want to be in the strong, healthy army. And I want to be a strong, healthy soldier. And I know you do too. And so we're going we're gonna to look at some things this morning, just three things really, that cause a wounded spirit. And we're going to look at it from both sides of the fence. We're going to look at it from the side of you don't want to be a wounder. You don't want to be someone who might uh, cause a wounded spirit. And you don't want to be the one who is wounded. And, uh, and, and, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at that because uh, a wounded spirit, who can bear? And again, the implication is it's, uh, it's nothing that you can constantly live with. And, uh, and it, it's, it's something that I have, I have, it's probably one of the most prevalent things that I have seen in ministry and the Christian life over the years in, in confronting folks. And it might not just be, it might not be overall, but it might just be in one area or it may be in several areas. But the, but the question needs to be asked and is one that we need to look at this morning, and that is a wounded spirit who can bear. So what causes a wounded spirit? Well, the first thing that can cause a wounded spirit is an uncontrolled tongue. Uh, somebody's words. Uh, Bible says in the book of James that, a that the tongue is full of deadly poison. Uh, we have all kinds of prospects of being able to just really ruin folks with the words that, what, that we say. And as, as an individual, we need to make sure that we're, we're never at fault 
of wounding someone by our words. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, Proverbs 26. Just over a few pages from where you are. Proverbs 26. And look down in verse 22. This shows you the, the seriousness of words. It says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Now, when it says the innermost parts of the belly, uh, it's talking about, about your belly, your bowels. Uh, they use that term to speak of your innermost feeling in the Bible. Um, uh, and, and we would say probably today that it would uh, wound the heart and it would, it would go down deep into the heart. Same thing. Uh, words have that capability. And you know the old, the old proverb, the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie. <laughs> you know, that is not true. That's one of those proverbs that uh, somebody, somebody repeated over and over again. People started to believe it, but it's really not true at all. The Bible says that, that words can go down into the innermost part of the belly, and they can wound. Uh, I have wounded people, too many people, with words. Uh, sometimes you realize it, sometimes you don't realize it. Um, I, I can't tell you the shock, and it's happened a few times, where I've talked with someone years after an incident occurred, and uh, they, they tell me, they, they look at me and say, you know, it, it took me quite a while to get over what you said to me on such and such a day. And I, and I don't even know, I don't even remember what I said to them. And uh, so I asked them to, to tell me, and then I, I asked them to forgive me because it was not a proper thing to say. But sometimes we just let those words fly out there. And that, that's why the Bible says, that's why Jesus said that we're, someday we're going to give account for every idle word. To us it may be idle, but to the person who's hearing it, it may not be idle at all, and it could be very important. Um, be careful about wounding particularly, and, and this is, I, I don't know completely why this is, I guess some of it is because we feel the most, most comfortable with them, but sometimes the people that we wound the deepest are the ones that we're the closest to and the ones that we love the most, and we let our guard down and we let the, the words come out. I know I've wounded my wife. I know I've wounded my kids. I know I've wounded uh, church members and uh, it, it's, it's, it's not hard to do, and you have to set a watch on your tongue so that you, you not become a wounder. Now, uh, then we need to look at the, at the wounded. Well, uh, you say, well, you know, someone says something, I, I've got a right to be wounded. Eh, hang on. Yeah, take your Bibles, turn Psalm 119. Psalm 119. This is a verse that God has used on me over and over and over and over again. So much so that back years ago, uh, I made mention of it a lot in our early ministry here. And someone had a, uh, a um, plaque made, a wooden with the letters on it. And uh, uh, it, it, it is Psalm 119, 165. And Psalm 119, 165, if you look down with me. 
says, a great piece have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. When they handed it to me, I said, gee, thank you very much. That's all I needed is to be reminded of that once again. So that when I go behind my desk and I start fussing and fuming and I look up on the wall, I get rebuked. But, uh, but I, I need that. And uh, uh, we need to understand that if we are easily offended or if we are offended by other people's words, now I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not excusing those that use words that wound. But from the, from the wounded standpoint, we need to look at that thing and say, wait a minute, if I'm offended, it's my fault. It's my fault. Um, you know, uh, this, this last week yeah, it was, a, was a good week for our whole church. It was a good week for me. I had a chance to spend time with a good, good friend. Uh, Brother Raymond King is one that is not easily offended. Uh, we uh, uh, talked about different subjects and so forth. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't have to be careful about what I brought up and what I didn't bring up. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. And, and I noticed that it, it, it's just, he's one of those guys, and really this ought to be, this ought to be the, the characteristic of all of us. Uh, we're not easily offended. And the thing that makes the difference according to the Bible is it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So the, the thing that makes the difference as to whether or not you'll allow things to wound you, you'll allow things to offend you, is how much do you love the book? How much do you love the God of the book? How much do you, do you appreciate the word of God that God's given to us? In Psalm 119, um, in, in this particular uh, a group of scriptures, in verses uh, 161 down through 168, he, he lines out characteristics of those who really love God's law. And if you look at verse six, 161, princes have uh, persecuted me without cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. Psalmist said, man, I just stand there with my mouth open because the word is so wonderful. I'm in awe of it. Verse 162, he says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. He spent time rejoicing over what he found in the book, and he spent uh, time rejoicing over the word itself. Verse 163, he says, uh, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. A person that loves God's law hates sin. You will, you will love right in proportion to how much you hate wrong and hate sin. And the more you hate sin, the more you'll love that which is right. Um, down in verse 164, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgment. He's talking there about accepting the judgments of God in his life and uh, the, the guidance and direction that God gives. And then in uh, uh, verses 166 down through the end of, the, uh, the, of the, the passage, it says, Lord, I have hope for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. And so uh, what he's saying there is that I've been obedient. 
you know, I've, I've seen what you've asked me to do, and I have done it. And those are characteristics of someone who loves the law. You're in awe of the Word of God. You rejoice in the Word of God. You hate sin. You, you uh, accept God's judgments, and you're obedient. If those things are present, then you have a, a love for the Word of God, and nothing, it doesn't say most things, it says nothing, nothing shall offend them. In other words, you'll have real thick skin as a Christian, uh, and, and you will not be easily wounded. I think a great example of that in the Old Testament is, uh, is uh, David and Shimei. David was, in fact, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel 16. Turn there. It's good for you to look at it. And I want to make sure I get the wording exactly right. But 2, 2 Samuel chapter 16. And I want you to look at me in verses 5 through 12. What has happened is uh, Absalom has uh, performed a mutiny in the, in the kingdom. He sat at the gates. He uh, bent an ear to people and... So he overthrew David and became king and ran David out of Jerusalem. And in 2 Kings 16, if you look with me in verse, uh, verse 5, it says, And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of, of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of, of Solomon thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. And then when Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, uh, then said Abishai, uh, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? I mean, he was a loyal guy. He said, Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. I'll take care of the problem. He, he, didn't, he didn't want to discuss problems. He, want, he wanted to put, a, put feet to the, to the answer. And uh, uh, so he suggested that he just take out his sword and take off his head. Verse 10, and the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day." Uh, David looked at that thing, and rather than getting offended, and he could have very easily, he, he just said, look, the Lord sent him. And uh, maybe because uh, he's cursing me, maybe the Lord will smile upon me because of it. 
and 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 so he he took it and he took it well i mean this is a guy that's been kicked in the teeth i mean you know his own son has run him out of the kingdom here he is uh, leaving jerusalem with his tail between his legs so to speak and uh and and yet uh uh, when he is cursed like this, if someone says, I'll come to your aid, I'll, I'll go take care of him. And he was a very loyal man. Uh, David said, no, 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 don't do that. You could tell, great peace have they which love thy law. David loved God and he loved his word and, and nothing would offend him. The, 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 second, the second thing, not only an uncontrolled tongue can cause a wounded spirit, but the second thing that can cause a wounded spirit are unfulfilled expectations unfulfilled expectations you see this in scripture over and over and over again i was just reading uh recently where uh jacob went and served uh, under a man who eventually became his father-in-law laban he asked for the hand of uh, rachel and he got the hand of leah and didn't know it until he woke up in the morning Scratch your head on that one. But, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because we're living in the day of the masks, you know. And, uh, boy, when you know, if, if her face was covered like that, uh, there's a good possibility that, that uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't figure out who was who. Obviously, he didn't. Maybe the Lord just blinded his eyes. I don't know. But uh, it, one thing after another after another, Laban had... had had uh, uh, deceived him and had switched things on him, and uh, it was just just a mess. And and Jacob was wounded by that because he had some expectations. Um, another one, uh, Jacob's brother Esau. Esau uh, expected to get a blessing from his father, even though he had sold his birthright to his brother previously. Uh, and, and really disdained the blessings of God. I'm not saying that, that uh, Jacob got it from dad the right way. He deceived him. Uh, he, so he didn't get it the right way. But the point is, is that he walked in expecting, and rather than just trusting God, that God would, would do what he pleased to do and, uh, and, and got wounded. In fact, there for a while, he was ready to kill his brother. Uh, a wounded spirit can be not only dangerous for the individual who's wounded, but it can also be very dangerous for people around him. And so uh, you've, got, you've got a person who does the wounding and you've got the, the wounded. Well, what about the, what about the wounder? What about the person that wounds a person? Uh, spirit by through unfulfilled uh, expectations. Go to, go to James chapter 5. You say, okay, how in the world do you wound someone through expectations? Well, you tell them you're going to do something, or you, you build up something for them, and then you pull the rug out from underneath them. Um, one of the things that, uh, I, and I, I reflect, I've reflected on this quite a few times, uh, honestly, um, I, I was raised in a lost home. I was raised in a home where my mom and dad were not saved, as far as I know, anyway. And uh, my first mom, I'm not sure of. Uh, she did go to a church that did preach the gospel, and so maybe she did get saved before she died. 
but uh, but um, as far as I know, my dad my dad wasn't. But can I say this? Uh, my dad never that I can remember, and you know, at this at this point in life, I might have forgotten. You know, just maybe. But uh, uh, I I can't really remember one single time when my father promised to do something for me or with me or give me something and didn't fulfill his promise. Every time, he was a man of his word, he really was. And, uh, and, and that's, a, that's a good kind of dad to have. By the way, that's also a good kind of dad to be. Uh, James chapter five and verse 12 says, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay lest ye fall into condemnation. Uh, folks, don't promise something that you can't fulfill or that you might not fulfill. Let your word be true. Be true to your word. Uh, if you say yes to something, make sure you follow through with it. If you say no to something, make sure that you follow through it with it. Uh, you don't want to be a person who wounds someone else's uh, spirit because you've put false expectations. You've said that you're going to do something and that you don't, and you don't do that. Uh, I, I really think that's one of the reasons why societally we have, um, we have uh, such a, a mess in the generations that are coming up right now because we've got f particularly fathers and I think mothers too, uh, but particularly dads that have made promises to their kids and then they never fulfilled their promise. And uh, it may, you know, it may be something, I've heard stories like a, about a kid that was uh, promised his dad that he was going to go on a fishing trip the next day. He got a call, this was on a Saturday we were supposed to go on the trip, got a call on Friday night uh, from his business. There was a big problem. And the dad didn't even talk to the son about the thing. He just slipped out early. And uh, the boy got up, got ready to go fishing, and there's no dad. And uh, later on, dad brought it up, but kind of put it underneath the rug and didn't make a big deal out of it, didn't really apologize. Boy, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff can wound a person's spirit. And uh, we need to be very, very careful, particularly parents. We need to be careful about, about wounding the spirits of our kids. But, you know, I've, I've, had, it, I've had it happen to me. Uh, I've had, uh, I can remember several specific instances where or I've, I've been somewhere else, I've preached a message, and a preacher comes up to me and says, you know what, I'm going to have you come by my church. And I'm going to have you preach. I'd like to have you preach that message in particular. He says, well, just get a hold of me and let me know. Never heard from him. Now, I learned a long time ago, and we're going to get into the wounder here, or the, the wounded in just a second. But I learned a long time ago, don't put your expectations in other people. Uh, sometimes people say things, they don't mean harm by it. But uh, you, you look at that with great expectations and then, then it doesn't come to pass. One of the things that I've been very careful with with my kids is uh, saying things like, well, um, maybe someday we could. You know what the kid just heard? Someday we will. <laughs> okay? Uh, just be careful of your words. The way you mean it and the way they hear it sometimes are, are totally different. 
But uh, be careful. Just again, watch your words. If you're going to do, if you say you're going to do something, do it. How many times have you said, uh, "Well, praise the Lord, uh, I see your need. I'll pray for you," and then you don't pray. Uh, how many times have you said, uh, "You know what? Uh, we need to have lunch next week," and then you never call them and have lunch or whatever it might be. Just be very, very careful. Um, one of the signs of a heathen society is that it lies constantly and it's, it becomes part of, of, uh, of, of, their, of their culture. Uh, when I was over in Western New York pastoring, we had a couple that went over to China and they were there for a year, Tenement Square uh, uh, incident took place and they had to come back home. And I remember sitting down with them and, and talking to them about the, the different things that they encountered when they were in over in China. And one of the things they told me was that people constantly, I mean, you can actually, you can almost go to the bank on expecting them when they say they're going to do something that they won't do it because they just lie through their teeth because they want to look good. Um, he, he said, you know, I, I would talk to someone and they'd say, listen, we don't have the tickets now, but you come back tomorrow at 4.30 and we'll make sure we have tickets for you. And he said, are you sure? 4.30. Yes, 4.30. Come back at 4.30, nobody's there. Stay till 5.30, nobody's there. Stay till 6, nobody shows up. Uh, and they think nothing of that. And they, you say, well, something probably came up. No, no, no. In a lot of cases, they knew ahead of time that they would not have the tickets tomorrow. But they promised it so that they would look good. Uh, be careful of that because that wounds people's spirits. And you don't want to be a wounder of a, of, of a, of a tender heart. Then, then as those that have the tendency to be wounded, we need to look at, at, at those things. Uh, go with me to, to Psalm 62. When it comes to expectations, be careful where you put them. Psalm 62 has been a, a ver, uh, Psalm 62.5 has been a verse that has been a real blessing and a real help to me personally. Psalm 62.5. <clears throat> says, in fact, I've had several folks in church, uh, you know, point out Psalm uh, 62.5 to me and just say, you know, that's been a blessing to me. I don't know if they're trying to tell me something, but uh, uh, they, they have, they have, I don't think so. I don't, that wasn't the intent, that wasn't the, the intent, the spirit behind it. But they said, boy, I've learned that uh, Psalm 162.5, if I, if I, excuse me, Psalm 62.5, if I, if I just simply do this, I'll avoid a lot of heartache in life. And Psalm 62.5 says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Uh, put your expectations in God. Don't put them in people. Don't put them in things. Put them in God. Have a, have a surrendered heart to take what God gives to you and accept it regardless. Um, you, might, you might expect one thing, 
and, and even in God, you might not always get all your expectations, but you can, if you'll trust him and if you'll be surrendered to him, uh, you'll know that what it is that he gives to you or, or withholds from you is, is, is for your good. Good illustration of this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, you know, they, they, uh, uh, they refused to bend and bow at the, the sound of the music and, and uh, uh, bow down at the idol. And uh, the king brought, brought them in and said, look, you're either going to bend and bow or you're going to go into the furnace. And they said, listen, our God is able to, to protect us and to keep us from the fire of that furnace. But if not, we'll still not bend, we'll still not bow. And basically what they said was, whether he, whether he does this or not, I don't know. You know, God's the one who makes those decisions. And we're surrendered to what he does or does not do. But as, as for us, we're not going to bend and we're not going to bow. Well, you know the rest of the story. They threw him in and then they looked into the, the, the furnace and, and they, saw, they saw four and one was like unto the Son of God. Well, Jesus was with them in the fire. And, uh, and, and uh, when they came out, there was not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. But the thing I think that's so important in that story is they were surrendered either way. You know, if they burned up, they burned up. Oh, well, you know, we go to be with God. That's good. Uh, if we don't burn up, well, then it'll be because God is protecting us. And uh, uh, either way, they put their expectations in the Lord. And be careful of, of uh, setting uh, expectations on other people. Uh, be careful of setting big expectations on, on circumstances and situations because, as we know now, they can change at the drop of a hat. But uh, also be very, very careful about uh, putting unrealistic expectations even on yourself. Um, Peter, for instance, uh, before Christ was crucified, said that he would not be like all the others and that he would, there's no way he would deny Christ. And of course, you know the rest of the story. He denied Christ three different times after that, shortly thereafter. And uh, uh, all the disciples agreed and all the disciples except for John scattered when he went to the cross. Um, you know, again, he put some unrealistic expectations on himself. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19 is after the people of Israel were fleeing or had fled Egypt. Exodus 19, and look down in verse, uh, verse 8. 19.8, and it says, And all the people answered together and said, and they're saying this to Moses, All that the Lord hath spoken we will do. And Moses returned the words of the Lord, unto, uh, turned the words of the people unto the Lord. Um, you know, be careful. Now, that doesn't mean you don't make vows to God, and that doesn't mean... But you know, you know the rest of the story, the rest of, of the exodus in the wilderness, man, they were violating God's laws all over the place. And, you know, and, and complaining at the drop of a hat. 
Uh, and and uh, every time there was a need, they, they immediately went and complained to Moses and said, said uh, you know, you're just, you just brought us out here to kill us, that's all. You just enjoy watching all of us die. Well, that wasn't the case at all. But, uh, but they had made a promise, and they didn't even come close to that promise. Be careful. You know, uh, I, I warn folks when, when they're deficient in an area, and, and they say, well, I, I'm deficient in this area, so I need to make a change. And then they make a change that's way above what, what they, where they ought to be. They ought to take it a step at a time and head toward there, maybe. But, but let's, let's go there a little at a time. You have somebody who's not reading their Bible at all. And, and then they say, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not reading my Bible. I need to read my Bible. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it once a month, all the way through. Well, you probably won't even make it three or four days, okay? You're not going to go from zero to 100 miles an hour just like that. You're, you know, make sure you make some, even in yourself when you have expectations, make sure your goals are, are reasonable and real. And, uh, and you won't, and, and sometimes we do this, we wound ourselves. We wound our own spirits because we've made promises to God that there's just there's just no way we could have kept those promises. And again, I am not suggesting for five seconds that you don't make vows to God, that you don't make goals in your life. Yes, you should do that. Absolutely. But make sure they're ones that, that you can fulfill. And then the, the last thing that causes a wounded spirit is unappreciated efforts. Um, lack of praise from authorities, lack of praise from those that receive the good deeds that, that, uh, and efforts that others have done uh, can cause a wounded spirit. Uh, take your Bible and, Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 1. Now this is, an this is not an example of a wounded spirit, that's just the opposite. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3 we had this imprinted on cups during uh, our uh, evening of gratitude here a couple of years ago. And uh, we gave it out to folks that we appreciated. And it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. That was the Apostle Paul. And uh, he was writing to, to Philippi, and it was a church that was dear to his heart. And he says, man, he says, I'm thankful to you. And he told them. And he not only told them that he was thankful, but uh, he told them what he was thankful for. Look down in verses 5 through 8. Verse 5, he says, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, you folks refresh me. Uh, you're a blessing. I appreciate our fellowship. Being confident of this very thing, uh, verse 6, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet uh, for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. He's saying, listen, you worked with me in ministry. You supported me. There was great fellowship. Uh, I've seen you. I've seen you uh, respond to God properly. Man, what a blessing. Now, a, a person who wounds a person's spirit through unappreciated efforts sometimes does it just by saying nothing. 
just by not saying anything. You know, we need to, we need to look for ways that we can be a, an encouragement and a blessing to people. Uh, when folks have been a blessing to us and we, have, we appreciate what they have done, we need to let them know and you need to show thanks uh, to, to others. I appreciated so much that, that uh, uh, text that Brother King sent and uh, just, just the fact that there was a specific need that was met. We prayed for that. That was an answer to prayer. That encourages you. But sometimes when we're silent and we don't let folks know we don't have an, a, an appreciative spirit. And by the way, can I just tell you, uh, in America overall, there's a very, there's a, a very, uh, I, I, you owe me type of spirit in America today. And uh, that kind of spirit is not appreciative. It, it expects and it demands. And to think that you and I have not been caught up in that, not been affected by it, is, is, is really erroneous because, uh, because it's easy for us to get affected by that. And we need to, to work at, at, at uh, looking for ways to, to show appreciation. There are times when you're going to have to point out people's faults and you're going to have to point out things that, that uh, could be done better or need to be not done at all. They'll take that a whole lot better if they have, don't have a wounded spirit because you have, have not shown appreciation to them and for them in the past. And then a person that, that is wounded in their spirit, what would we say to them? Go to 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, look down in verse 4. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. This is the same guy that said uh, to the Corinthian church, the more I love you, the less I be loved. Now let me ask you something. Did that affect his efforts to continue to love them? No. No, it didn't. He said, you know, he said it as a matter of fact, but he still loved them regardless. Why? Because he was doing it to please the Lord. That's what we need to make as our goal. When you're a blessing to somebody, whether you get a, a thank you or an attaboy or a pat on the back or any kind of appreciation or any kind of notice for it, ought to be immaterial. You ought to do what you do because of one thing. You just want to please the Lord. And if you please the Lord, that's, that's good enough. If, if you have that attitude, and the attitude is, I do what I do for the glory of God, I do what I do by the grace of God, I do what I do in order to please God, you'll insulate yourself from a wounded spirit. Um, take, your, take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to close with this. Philippians chapter 1. I want you to look at, at, at the Apostle Paul with me and some things that he went through. And he's, he's telling the Philippian church about this. And uh, in Philippians 1, verse 12, 
down through 21. He talks about adverse responses to his ministry. He says, but I would, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. And understand, when he's writing this, the Philippians are obviously free, but he's in jail. So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in, in all other places. And many of the brethren in, in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing that affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. In other words, some people are doing what they're doing, even in the preaching of the gospel, just to hurt the Apostle Paul. And verse 18, he says, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Did he have a, did he have a reason to have a wounded spirit? Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> he had folks that wanted to, wanted to increase the pain that he had when he was in jail. He had, they had people that that did what they did, not for the glory of God, but they did it in order to uh, bring pressure upon him and to cause him suffering and pain. Uh, they were contentious about the whole thing. And what's his response? He says, I rejoice. Hey, at least the word of God is preached. And uh, in verse 19, he says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. See, his expectations were in the right place. But that with all boldness is always. So now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He, you know, Paul experienced all three of those things. He, he experienced uncontrolled tongues. He experienced unfulfilled expectations, and he certainly experienced unappreciated efforts. But what did he say? He said, for me to live is Christ. He had the right response. And he said, listen, as long as the gospel is preached, he says, I'll rejoice. Uh, he, had, he had the furthest thing from a wounded spirit because he had the right attitude. Don't let a wounded spirit cause you to stumble. There's two, two areas that, that in two, two groups of people where, where a wounded spirit will affect you. First of all, you might, you might be here or you may be listening uh, on live stream this, this morning and uh, you're not saved. You don't know for sure if you died to go to heaven. But one of the reasons why you're not saved is because you're bent out of shape about something. You got a wounded spirit about something. Don't let a wounded spirit stop you from getting saved. Don't let a wounded spirit send you to hell for all eternity. Don't let a wounded spirit rob you of forgiveness of sin and eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. And secondly, don't let a wounded spirit rob you of a victorious Christian life. Folks, you can't walk for God and live for God and, and be a good soldier if you have 
a wounded spirit. Now, on, on both hands, not only do you not want to have a wounded spirit, but you don't want to be the wounder of the spirit. So be careful of what you say. Be careful of what you do. And, and maybe, there's, there's, maybe there's some folks that you have already wounded. Uh, this would be a good day to go to God and say, listen, I know I've wounded this person. I know I've said this and haven't fulfilled that expectation. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to that person and I'm going to apologize. I'm going to get my heart right on the thing. Uh, as, a, as a Christian, in order for us to have a victorious life, first of all, we shouldn't be wounded ourselves. But secondly, we certainly should not be a wounder of a spirit. The Bible says that, that a man's spirit can sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for the plainness of your word. We thank you, Lord, how that you go right to the quick. And uh, uh, God, you don't mince words about, about issues that are important in our lives. And I'm thankful for that because, uh, Lord, we need to, to face those things. And if, if we are a wounder, show to us where we've wounded people and help us to have the courage to make that thing right to the best of our ability. Uh, Lord, uh, we certainly don't want to be the person who caused another person to stumble and, and either die and go to hell for all eternity or not be effective in the Christian life because we wounded their spirit. On the other hand, Lord, we don't want to be the one that has a wounded spirit. It's not necessary. Great peace have they, which love thy law, you told us, and nothing shall offend them. Paul had all kinds of reasons to have his spirit wounded, but he said rather than have it wounded, he rejoiced because he saw how you were working in his life. He was surrendered to you. Father, I pray that that would be the case for us this morning as well. And there may be someone here, there may be someone online this morning that does not know for sure if they die, they go to heaven. They, they be, possibly because of a wounded spirit, because of something that's happened in their past. And I can't tell you, Lord, how many times I've talked to people that have held a grudge against you because of what somebody else has done to them. Father, a wounded spirit can not only be dangerous in this life, but it can be it can be eternally dangerous. It can send a person to hell for all eternity if they don't get over it and they don't trust you as Savior. Father, I pray that you would do a work that only you can do in human hearts right now. And God, as, as you do that work, may we respond to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.